Alive multivitamins and minerals give you all the nutrients you need for a well-nourished life. Made with a blend of 26 fruits and vegetables and suitable for vegetarians. There's a range of targeted solutions for the whole family. Get more out of life with Alive. Available in selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Food supplements should not be used as a substitute for a varied balanced diet and healthy lifestyle. Hi, I'm Dr. Gemma Newman, your host for the Wellness Edit podcast with Holland and Barrett and author of The Plant Power Doctor coming out in January 2021. In this episode of our brand new podcast, we're going to be talking about how to eat well now. With many of us cooking meals at home more than ever before, we're really going to focus in on how to make delicious, healthy meals that we can enjoy every night of the week. Joining me today for this episode of the podcast, I have Anna Jones, author of four books, including The Modern Cook's Year, A Modern Way to Eat, and One Pot Pan Planet, which is due to be released in March 2021. And we also have Holland and Barrett's nutritionist, Marilyn Maradzi. Welcome, ladies. It's so nice to chat to you both today. How are you doing? Really good, thanks. Yeah, very happy to be here. Oh, brilliant. And um, let me just start with Marilyn, because what I really want to understand at the beginning here is a bit more about your food journey. How did you become interested in working with food? Okay, I would say growing up, because I was born in Africa, Southern Africa, so always at the back of our garden, we had like, uh, at the back of our house, we had a garden and we grow our own tomatoes, onions and stuff like that. And then moving to England, everything is like, we get them in the supermarket. And then, um, and my grandmother always, you know, like children don't like to eat and growing up, she'll be telling you, do you know that food is like uh, medicine? And it didn't make sense to me until now I'm grown and I got into like a nutrition course at the university and now I'm understanding okay I wanted to do food sciences and like cooking itself and then I on my second semester I had to switch to human nutrition because I wanted to specifically focus on the human nutrition itself and uh, also the uh, in-depth and the scientific side of um, food and nutrition itself so that's how I got into it. Wow. So it all stemmed from your grandmother. Yes. Um, I think that's really interesting. I, I do think that it gives me a huge appreciation of how hard that farmers have to work to create that food for us. And then we just go along to the supermarket and we pick up what we fancy. Um, you know, there was a lot of um, a huge initiative during the Second World War with the Victory Gardens and Dig for Victory. And many, many people were growing food in their back gardens and allotments at that time. Uh, it would be nice to be able to return to something like that in the future, I hope. Um, but it's a lot of work too, isn't it? It is. Yeah. All right. Anna, I'd love to hear more about your food journey. What gave you the passion that you have now? And, you know, what made you decide to write all your fabulous books? Uh, well, first of all, Marilyn, your grandma sounds amazing. <laughs> she sounds great. Um, yeah, food as medicine is a, is a really good sort of way of looking at things, I think. And, and, and that comes into a lot of how I look at food as well. Um, so I started in food, I, I started cooking really young. My mom actually wasn't really much of a cook. She finds cooking quite stressful and it's not something that she really loved. She sort of grew up, um, you know, thinking that being, you know, that generation, I think of women in sort of the 60s and 70s in the UK that, 
you know, thought that having to cook the dinner every night was a bit of an infringement on, on their liberty in a way. So my mom just, she fed us lovely food, but um, it would always be, it would always be quite quick stuff. Um, but what she did brilliantly was kind of, even though she wasn't interested in it, was furnish me with ingredients, with, you know, with recipe books. And she gave me the opportunity to kind of cook the family dinners. Um, so I think that's where it started off. And from then I kind of kept cooking, but just for fun. And then eventually, um, I think I read an article in the Sunday paper that said, the, you know, you should determine your kind of calling in life by the bit of the Sunday paper you turn to first. And for me, it was always the restaurant and the recipes and that kind of just set a light bulb off in my head. And within a couple of weeks, I was, I was cooking professionally. Oh, wow. What a story. And I also love how your mother nurtured your interest, even though it was something that she didn't like at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I'm trying to sort of um, bring into, into my mothering of my little boy as well, even if, even if I'm not into it, you know, trying to encourage his passions, um, you know, is, is something that, yeah, I've, I've definitely taken from my mum. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, I agree. I've got two sons and at the moment I'm not really into things like Lego, but I'm giving it a good go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now I'm just sort of thinking about this year during the pandemic. Many people are having to make do, having to cook at home and it can be quite stressful. You know, what with the recession that we're potentially going to be facing as well and even going to the shops and some of the dynamics around that. In light of everything that's happened, do you think that there's been more of a focus on trying to cook healthier meals at home, in your opinion? I, I, I do think people, I, I think definitely at the beginning of this sort of strange period um, of time, uh, I think lots of people were wanting to make cakes, they were wanting to sort of treat themselves, they were wanting to perhaps have those um, sort of decadent meals that they might have at restaurants that they weren't managing to, you know, go out and eat. Um, but I think as sort of we've stayed at home more and people have maybe engaged in cooking a bit more, I think, I think people have really realised, you know, first of all, what goes in their food because I think a lot of people you know perhaps hadn't made cakes loads of times and didn't realize that nearly a pack of butter went into a banana bread or whatever um and so I think you know that sort of re-engagement with cooking that's happened over this time I think definitely has led people to want to eat more healthily as well yeah and what about you Marilyn what have you noticed I think my whole cooking pattern has changed. I've got more recipes than before, like, but I get mine, like, you know, just going to the supermarkets or, you know, online and get some, you know, getting so interested. And my favorite before I was into meat, but now I'm quite enjoying like some soya means and I started eating them during lockdown because I've got nothing else to do. So I experiment with food, trying, you know, and, uh, I'm quite interested and it's quite, in I hope the journey keeps continuing, you know, keep going, uh, experimenting on food. Mm, I think you're absolutely right. It's a great opportunity in lockdown. If, if you're not unwell and you're not having stresses from other things, actually being able to become a lot more inspired by different recipes, by different, by different eating yeah. patterns, incorporating more plant-based proteins, incorporating more delicious flavors into your meals. Um, it's something that I think most people can really get on board with, especially now that they are having to stay at home more, as Anna has mentioned. So, I mean, going back to you, Marilyn, on this point, given your nutrition background, what do you feel it actually means to be healthy and to cook healthily? Have you got any kind of um, top tips for people on where to even begin? 
what I can say to people is what it means to be healthy. It doesn't mean like absence of illness. That's the first thing. But it actually means like uh, being complete healthy is like your physical being, mental uh, health as well, and social uh, well-being. And also I would say it is... Uh, a, a way like a balance of everything in within your body and uh also i would say including like a balanced nutrition and also an adequate having adequate rest like switch off the lights no noise you know just peaceful is very good and also uh regular exercising and uh i would say try to uh enjoy your greens your you know vegetables and um plant-based meals if you can or maybe try to manage your portions because this is lockdown. A lot of people, they are quite enjoying a lot of food. So I'll say being healthy, uh, it means everything as a whole. Try exercise, mental health, uh, and social well-being as well. Right. So health is about a lot more than just not being ill. It's about ensuring that you're putting the right nutrients in your body, that you're feeling yes. good as much as you can, that you're moving your body and that you're getting all that right balance. Um, you mentioned try to enjoy your greens now. Try to enjoy. Uh, let's talk to Anna about how, <laughs> how we can enjoy our greens more, because I think there's a real perception out there that perhaps healthy food is boring or it's lacking in something. What would you say to someone that had that kind of um, opinion, Anna? Well, I think, I think part of um, the problem when it comes to healthy eating is that we sort of, um, you know, we charge foods with a good or a bad energy and actually really they're just foods. Um, you know, obviously if we eat chocolate and fried food, you know, all day, every day, that's not going to be good for us. But I, I think sometimes it's the labels we put on food that actually make it challenging for people who, 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 who find navigating eating and eating healthily um, tricky. You know, I always think that if we can cook for ourselves, um, I think we are, you know, 70% of the way there. I think if you can, you know, buy some ingredients, chop them up, put them in a pan, feed them to your family, you know, whether you're adding a little bit of butter to that, whether you're adding, you know, some other things, I think that healthy um, mindset around cooking and fresh foods and nurturing your body, I think is a really, really important thing to focus on. But for me, I think um, food is the great connector. I think it's such, you know, to me, eating with my family and my friends is a, is a very joyful thing. And so I just really want to sort of shout from the rooftops about the joy of food um, before sort of the healthiness of any food and the joy of cooking and get people, I guess, excited about that. That's a really great answer. The joy of food and the joy of connection and how food can be a real way to connect people, family and friends. That's beautiful. And as you say, most people are eating ultra processed foods um, rather than fresh foods. So the fact that you're actually cooking something at home is a huge step in the right direction, um, which is something that we've all been perhaps forced a little bit more into recently. But hopefully that's a, a really good thing. Absolutely. And I think it's about patting ourselves on the back for the small wins, not having to look at our week or our month. I'm sure you'd agree, Marilyn, it's kind of step by step. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so talking about step by step, you know, if you've never really cooked before, uh, where would a good place be to start, Marilyn? What would be the first thing that you'd, that you'd think of to start you off? If you've never cooked before, 
Yes. I would say um, grab few stuff that you really, really like. I would say maybe the interest, the things that interest you first and maybe read a book. You know, like you said, Anna is writing books. You can grab one and just get like some basic, you know, uh, stuff. Maybe making a sandwich, uh, put some lettuce. Some it's, it's, it's a great way of making food interesting. And then maybe after that, you can get into making simple things like eggs. You can make like breakfast. Breakfast is the easiest, I would say, of uh, making uh, healthy food. You can try... Uh, that way that's how i would think maybe anna would uh, help us better it's great that you've you've started off with breakfast because that's the one thing that hopefully can be easily incorporated into a sort of a healthier uh, way of eating you can just learn how to make a simple porridge you can learn how to make a simple smoothie you can get some whole grain bread and make some toast with different toppings and then it can just become a little bit more of a habit there to to sort of start thinking about a healthier choice i agree with you on that i think i always think if i've had a had a good breakfast then I'm really like, I'm on something for the day. You know, the rest of the day seems to fall into a better pattern of eating if I've eaten, uh, if I've started well. Um, but I, I always think a bit like Marilyn was saying, I think if you haven't cooked something before, then then a good place to start is with a dish that you love and with something that's familiar. Um, you know, you know, I wouldn't suggest sort of starting on a souffle or, uh, you know, trying to cook something complicated. You know, if you love a pasta dish, you know, that your mum makes or you get from a restaurant, maybe look up a recipe that's similar to that. When we're sort of learning things and we're taking those first steps i think it's it, it, it's just good to be kind to ourselves and not set us up for a fall so if you you know if you love pizza why not try making some pizza dough making a quick tomato sauce and cooking one in the oven you know it, 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 it's super easy doing something familiar that you will enjoy the taste of will mean that you you, you sort of carry on yeah, I like that. And also, I understand that lots of people are aiming to eat a little bit less meat these days, both for health and for environmental reasons. And you've, you've mentioned about the importance of finding things that you love, finding things that you really enjoy, and then perhaps making a few simple swaps. Uh, so I, I like to think about, you know, if you love a chicken curry, you try a chickpea curry recipe. Um, you know, if you like a, the sort of a spaghetti bolognese, you might try a lentil bolognese recipe. Um, and then perhaps experiment with different flavors, different sort of herbs and spices uh, and uh, see how you go from there. And, and speaking of those kinds of store cupboard ingredients, I think if you've never cooked before, sometimes it's quite hard to think, oh, you know, what should I have in my cupboards? What, what would be some staple things that I should have for every time I try and cook something? Um, Marilyn, would you have any top tips for people who are trying to fill up their, their kitchen cupboards with things that they can use? I would say spices. Uh, coming from the African background, we believe in spices to make food tasty. So I would say in your cupboard, have quite a, lo a lot of dry spices, uh, be it chili, be it anything, you know. Uh, and also you can have like uh, cinnamon, you can have anything, black pepper, spices is the best thing. And uh, uh, in your cupboard, you can have things like uh, beans and uh, pulses. You can have uh, dried uh fruit you can have dried uh, uh, foods as a whole in your cupboard that can help you make uh, nutritious and uh, healthier meals later hmm great tips so thinking about different spices thinking about different pulses because they last a long time you don't have to worry about them going off what about you anna what would your top tips be 
I totally agree with you, Marilyn. I love Spice. And I think over the last few months when we weren't getting out to the shops as much, Spice has actually played a really, really important role in my cooking because I didn't have the bunches of fresh herbs that I might have popped to the shop for, you know, normally. So, um, you know, I really rely on spices. I think my top spices would be cumin. I think that's a really versatile spice. Smoked paprika, which I think as a vegetarian is a really useful spice because it adds some of that rounded smokiness. Um, that I think sometimes people people miss with vegetarian food. Um, coriander seeds, and then something like a, a blend, like a garam masala or something like that, um, that you can sort of, or a curry powder that can be quite versatile. Those are the ones I'd start with. I also always have, as you say, Marilyn, dried pulses. So for me, that's chickpeas, butter beans, black beans that I can quickly cook up with some cinnamon into some tacos. And then I always have tinned tomatoes, coconut milk, and... I've always got a few lemons, which I kind of, lemons, garlic, onions, which I kind of consider my store cupboard because they last for ages. That's a really good point. They do. Lemons, garlic, onions, and then you're going to have your, your t- tomato bases and you've got your, your special spices. You know what? I love smoked paprika and I also love cumin seeds. They're my top two as well, actually. I really enjoy cooking with those. Um, but I guess it depends on what you like. I mean, for me, actually, um, this is perhaps a little bit off-piste, but I love miso paste. I, I, you can get it, put it in the fridge. It lasts forever and you can just dollop it in a meal and it gives it a really lovely flavour but yes I think it depends on what kind of cuisine you're really into Have you got an upset stomach? When eating or drinking causes you indigestion, try Thistlin Milk Thistle. This traditional herbal remedy helps relieve common symptoms associated with overindulgence, such as indigestion and upset stomach, so you can feel more comfortable. Beat the bloat naturally with Thistlin Milk Thistle, available from selected Holland and Barrett stores and online. Thistlin Milk Thistle is a traditional herbal medicinal product used to relieve the symptoms associated with occasional over indulgence such as indigestion and upset stomach exclusively based upon long-standing use as a traditional remedy always read the label given that we are trying to cook more at home we've got a few ideas for what to put in our store cupboards how can we actually make choices that are going to be cheaper for us because you know many people may well be struggling financially this is an uncertain time for so many what would be a good way to sort of shop better to shop um in a in a sort of way that you can conserve as much of your budget as possible let's start with Marilyn for that one nowadays we have the traffic light system that tells you how much sugar how much salt you know and how much Oh, in your food. So you can just go there and just go and, you know, choose the ones with amber and green, as long as they're like on the low price, it's fine. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that is, you know, uh, premium. It doesn't have to be. You can go on the lower ones, but as long as it's uh, labeled correctly, like I would say this is where the the skill to know your labeling is very important. So you can choose it that way. That's how I would say, or if you can buy in bulks, if you can, if you have the money or should I say if you if you're on a budget but you can get more for like two for one or two for half price if you can you can go for those kind of bargains I would say that's a great piece of advice but I've actually interestingly noticed myself is that supermarkets don't tend to be doing that many special offers at the moment or is that just me I've, I've sort of noticed that there's not that many special offers going but I have to say the advice about buying in bulk is really good because if you can budget enough to be able 
able to get a lot of what you use that's cheap in price, it can really go a long way buying those dry ingredients. Um, what about you, Anna? Any top tips from you? Well, I think for me, as a, I'm a completely vegetarian cook. I've been vegetarian for sort of over 10 years now. And I have did notice when I made that change that I was spending a lot less on food. Um, so I think if you can, you know, cook seasonal food. So at the moment, things like squashes are brilliant, you know, um, the greens, beetroots kind of through the sort of uh, winter months are brilliant. So, um, you know, if you can, if you can sort of be slightly tuned in to the vegetables that are in season, they're going to be the cheapest. And so that's going to save you a bit of cash. Um, so yeah, if you're not vegetarian, maybe just eating two or three vegetarian meals a week or even one, if that's, you know, where you're at. Um, also, I think, um, batch cooking is really, really good too. I think, you know, if you cook a big curry, a big dal, um, you know, a big pot of soup, keep that for a couple of meals in the week and then freeze a couple. Um, you're saving on ingredients, you know, you can buy in bulk and also, which is something we don't really consider that much when we're cooking, we're saving energy when we cook as well, because that energy that you're expending when you're boiling a pan of soup, you're only doing once. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I often think of that when I'm putting my oven on or when I'm putting the, the stove on. I'm thinking if you could actually just do one big meal and then freeze up the rest, then you're definitely giving yourself um, a healthy option that you can use and you're using less energy as well. Um, also, kind of look around. Don't be afraid to look down in the supermarket aisles. There's often a bargain if you look further down the aisle or further up away from your eye line, um, which can also help. And as Anna's mentioned, choosing plant-based options um, from you know from nature is generally a lot uh, cheaper um, you're going to be looking at the you know the fruits the vegetables that are in season the whole grains the legumes and um, they can certainly bring the prices down what about ways to make our veggies last longer I mean I suppose we're coming now into the autumn winter um, are there any good ways that you can suggest other than freezing that can um, that can help us to make sure we get the most out of our weekly shop Marilyn I always try to keep like my bananas and my uh, potatoes in a darker place so that they last longer. And uh, I always freeze surprisingly, I know other than freezing, but I always freeze almost everything. Like if I buy tomatoes, I cut them up and put them in the freezer. If I buy onion, I cut them up and put them in the freezer. That's my way of uh, keeping my food last longer. Yeah, you're right, actually. And I tend to do that with my bananas because you know what? Bananas are one of the most wasted foods. And you can see when they're starting to go brown, you think, oh, I'll just pop that in the freezer, pop them into bits, and then you can make a smoothie out of them, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Anna, have you got any extra tips on that? Um, I Well, I think when I was a chef, we used to do a stock take of the fridge every single day. At the end of the shift, you'd see what was there. You'd see what um, vegetables kind of needed using first. You'd bring them to the front. You'd wrap up the herbs in, you know, some um, some wet cloth um, to keep them fresh. And so I sort of do a version of that. Not obviously every night because that would be overkill, but Every few days, I look in my fridge, I see what's in there, and I kind of, um, you know, make note of what needs using. I keep my herbs in little glass jars in the in the sort of milk, um, the, the milk carton sort of bit of the fridge door, and that keeps them for ages and ages and ages. So I think it's just about thinking what about what you have and making sure that you are, 
using those things because you know we've all had those languishing lettuces or whatever in the bottom of the fridge drawer and by the time you get to it it's gone too far um so i think it's a bit like think, thinking like a chef and kind of um you know really really respecting and loving the ingredients you know when you buy them in the shop but also while you're sort of keeping them at home mm. oh i love but, that I, and, and I think a bowl of cold, icy water will bring most vegetables back to life. As long as they're not mouldy, you know, a big bowl of icy water, a couple of lettuces. You know, I had some beetroots the other day that had been in my fridge too long. I put them back in there. They soak the water back up and they were fine to use again. What a great tip. So <laughs> do, you, do you have to soak them in the icy water for a while or do you just kind of give them a dip? No, you just put, I, I usually just get a big bowl of cold water, put a few ice cubes in, and then depending on what they are, you know, obviously if they're a beetroot or something, it's going to take a little bit longer to absorb the water, but a lettuce will absorb it quicker. So, you know, I just pop them in until they're looking reasonably fresh again, and then it gives them a, a bit of a new lease of life. Mm, I love that. And also, I love what you said. Think like a chef. Take an inventory. So have a little look. <laughs> what needs to be used up? Let's do that. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, I mean, thinking about eating on a budget, thinking about more creativity in the kitchen. I would love to actually hear more about your personal favorite recipes that you've been using um, and, your, you know, your top recommendations right now. Marilyn, what's your favorite thing to cook at the moment? Uh, spaghetti bolognese is my favorite mm. uh, with uh, using soya beans is my favorite. And uh, I like it because I have uh, discovered that you can actually put some mixed vegetables to it. So, yeah. yeah, so I put some mixed vegetables to it and it is also uh, plant-based, which is like soya beans. So I quite like it very much and it's juicy, it's warm and it's getting cold. So that is my favorite at the moment. Oh, I love that too. I love a good spag bowl. And I do the same thing, actually. I chop up a load of celery and the onions and the garlic and the peppers at the very beginning. And I let them cook off to start with, with all the spices. I, I love putting cumin seeds in that, to be honest, and smoked paprika. <laughs> And I've actually got another special magic ingredient that I use, which is cocoa powder, which it really adds a, a, a different flavor to it, which I, you know, people don't often try. So that's, that's something just to add in there. I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah, you give it a go, see what you think. <laughs> and if you've got any red wine left over in the fridge, then that's a perfect thing to do to make sure you're not wasting it too. <laughs> okay, Anna, what about you? What's your favorite at the moment? I've got a lot of things we've been cooking sort of on rotation. Um, I'm used to sort of being out of the house and cooking lots of different things for lots of different people, but obviously that hasn't been happening so much recently. Um, but I've been trying to change things up a bit. I feel like I've, I cook a lot of dals. We generally always cook a lot of dals. Um, I've got a dal recipe from my first book, um, which is called A Modern Way to Cook, and it's um, a super easy kind of coconut um, dal with some roasted sweet potatoes and then this very quick coconut chutney that goes on top. Um, I think for some reason it's like my most cooked recipe both by me and by people who bought my books. Um, so that one goes down really well. My son is actually even starting to eat that, which is a huge win. Um, I love at this time of year, ribolita as well, which is a, which is an Italian, it's a Tuscan soup. It means reboiled, um, which sounds very unappetizing, but it is unreasonably delicious. It's kind of potatoes, celery, carrots, um, tomatoes, some pulses and, um, 
that's all cooked down. Then you add cavolo nero, that lovely sort of, or any other wintry greens, and then lots of olive oil. And actually you tear in stale bread at the end. So it's a great way to use up that bread you haven't quite got to, but it's just such a filling, wintry, delicious mm. dish. Basically, it's all I want to eat. <laughs> mm, the perfect thing to warm the cockles as we come exactly. into the winter months. And I love the tip about using the stale bread as well. That's brilliant. <laughs> is there anything that you um, have found during lockdown that you think is going to stay on your menu um, over the next few months? Marilyn, is there anything new that you've learned to cook recently? Uh, I would say making a carrot cake. And uh, also making uh, my spaghetti bolognese because I eat it almost every week. So that's going to stay. <laughs> you just you just love that spag bowl, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I think we need the recipe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Anna, what about you? What's new? What's new on the menu this, uh, this last few months that you think I'm definitely going to keep going with? We've actually, I've actually been making a lot of pizzas. My son is a huge fan of pizza. And obviously we, it used to be something we used to go out and perhaps have as a treat, which obviously we haven't been doing as much. Um, so, um, I got a pizza stone and I've been, you know, making just a very simple dough from scratch about lunchtime. And then usually on Friday nights, we have a little pizza night. I add, my, my son likes things quite simple, but for me and my husband, we add lots and lots of veggies and mess around with things, you know, capers, olives, whatever seasonal veg we've got. And that's definitely something I think I'm going to continue doing because it's, um, it just feels like, it feels like sort of going out, but at home. <laughs> It's kind of fun. It feels like a treat. It's like when we make our own popcorn at home and we're watching a movie. Mm. It's uh, it sort of feels like you're having a little treat when it's actually relatively healthy as well. Yeah, which is, absolutely. <laughs> which is a great thing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so we talked a little bit about some spices that we all love. Um, have you got any other sort of secret tips for making everything taste that just little bit better, Marilyn? Uh, I like olive oil. Olive oil, it has like this nice taste. Like I love olive oil that I can actually eat it raw. Like that's how much I love it. So uh, I would say uh, adding uh, olive oil and um, I can't remember what it's Maybe called. Maybe a type of truffle oil. They've got a really yeah. earthy flavor. Yeah, it has mm. flavor in it. And it's like uh, infused with chilies and garlic and stuff in it. Mm. So yeah, I quite like that kind of oil. And then I feel like that's the other thing that I would add to all my cooking, like infused oil. Oh, nice. And another another top tip, I suppose, would be some sort of balsamic glaze, depending on what you're making. That's quite a nice little addition. And you can get different flavors of that, can't you? What about what about you, Anna? What, what kind of secret top tips have you got for making everything taste that just a little bit better? Well, I guess the things that I really love using, sort of going back a bit to what you said earlier about miso, are those kind of flavor-packed sort of paste and jars that you can buy and then keep in you know the door of your fridge for months and months and months um so for me that's miso paste um tamarind paste which has this lovely kind of sweet sourness to it um harissa which obviously adds spice and depth and basically i could put on everything i put it with my eggs and uh, swirl into a bit of yogurt in the morning um there's a, a brilliant um a brilliant paste called Zoog, which is quite kind of like a sort of green herb um, and spice paste, um, which goes brilliantly, you know, tossed into sort of roasted veggies for the last five minutes. So I think any of those um, 
flavor-packed kind of paste that you can keep in the fridge. You know, even a, even a simple sort of curry paste or something, or, or a Thai curry paste. They are just a really, really quick way to add flavor um, when you haven't got time to sort of bash up 10 spices in a pestle and mortar. It's a really great tip. And I'm a huge fan of things like that as well. I love my harissa paste and uh, got some garam masala as well in the cupboard, which just adds some lovely depth of flavor. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I was just thinking about what I've got in my fridge at the moment. There's this um, olive based sort of tamponade thing, which I love. And it, again, it's just that real depth of flavor. that You can just di literally dollop it in or maybe a bit of mustard as well. Just dollop that in sometimes depending on what you're cooking. And it's amazing how it can really give it that edge that um, you wouldn't have had before. Liquid smoke as well. Is that something either of you used? I, I tend to use that sometimes and that can kind of give a real sort of smoky flavor to things. What do you think of that? Is that an ingredient you ever use, Anna? Um, I tend to use, there's a, a smoked water I buy from a sort of salt supplier up in Wales and um, that I, I tend to use that. It's just the naturally... Um, it's the water that is kind of the byproduct of when they smoke their salt. Um, so it's quite natural. It's quite subtle. But um, I have a little bottle of that in the in the in my sort of little pantry cupboard, and I sometimes add that to risottos or corn chowders, things that might naturally have that sort of rounded smokiness. Yeah. Hmm. Fabulous. And I think having talked about all of these different things that we can try and add in, hopefully people are not too overwhelmed. I think basically if we look at the essential ingredients, we're going to make sure that we can get things frozen, look at the store cupboard ingredients, make sure that we can pick perhaps seasonal veg pulses for a cheaper choice. Um, what about things that people might need in terms of supplementation? Marilyn, is there any basic supplements you think people need, or do you think we can get everything we need from food as long as we have a balanced diet? I would say uh, we get everything that we need from food. That's the first thing we have to claim that. We get everything that we need from food. That's why we, it's saying a supplement because it's, it is an addition to a normal diet. So people, they need to get that. It's an addition. And on the addition, I would say there is no harm getting like um, a vitamin C or I would say a multivitamin with like vitamins and minerals, like a good vitamin C for, from like a, a thousand milligrams. It's very good because it's, it helps our body with like the formation of protein. It helps our body with the uh, our skin, you know, to make the skin, the ligaments, the blood vessels. Uh, we can also get a vitamin D or vitamin D three that is very good we normally get it like um during the summer outside from the sun but because we are getting into winter we can't get vitamin d3 or vitamin d so we would get that one from like a supplement from uh 10 ug uh i would say yeah that is the recommended one so you can get a uh, good uh vitamin d3 which is very good for your bones it also helps with the absorption of calcium uh, you know, and calcium, we know it's good for our teeth, for our bones. So we need all this to help us with, um, you know, to build our, our immune system together so that, you know, it can uh, prevent us from the colds and stuff. So I would say it's very good to have vitamin C, uh, zinc, uh, to have uh, uh, vitamin D3. Those I would say the main ones that we, we can have as uh, supplements alongside a, a nutritious, balanced diet. All right. And Anna, what are your thoughts on that? That's, I, I feel like I've just got like, like a tick from the teacher because they're the, they're the supplements I mainly take. So <laughs> I'm very glad to hear you say that, Marilyn. 
Um, I think as well, you know, I eat a really varied amount of vegetables, fruit and vegetables, you know, and I'm lucky that that's accessible to me and I can afford that. So, um, you know, I feel like I get quite a lot of nutrients in my diet, but um, I sort of, there are, are there any things, Marilyn, that you can take if you're eating um, a plant-based diet to replace some of the things that um, that you miss out on there? Because that's something I'd be interested to know. Like supplements that are plant-based, you mean? Well, uh, but to replace, I, vegetarians are often quite low in things like B12 and iron, is that right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, if you are low in B12 and iron, on the supplement side, there are supplements that contain B12 and iron, and also on and and also there is like a zinc, or you can get some of these supplements from like fortified foods, like cereal. Cereal is very good in it. It, it is fortified in zinc, so like the things that you can't get like in beef, you can't get like in chicken. You can still get them like as a supplement in fortified foods, which 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 are fortified in that, and there are vegetarian most of them you can find them we, we, there is also a multivitamin supplement that is vegan so you can find it there as well so everyone is not left out on supplement it does supplement doesn't necessarily mean they are for people who are who consume meat you can still find them for people who are vegetarians or who are vegans so you can find all that yeah. And yeah. I I love I love the question as well Anna because I think you're right there are certain patterns of eating that that require key nutrients and in, it's true of any any dietary pattern in some ways and you're absolutely right about B12 you know it's made by microbes in the soil so um it's not going to be so easy to get that now that we don't eat uh, vegetables directly from the soil and we certainly wouldn't want to be drinking untreated water so the animals that would be eaten on a meat product diet would have got their B12 from the soil or from microbes in the water. We can't do that. Also, um, most of the meat that we eat comes from factory farms, which is interestingly fortified. So as Marilyn has said, many food types are actually fortified and the uh, the meat that we eat has a diet fortified with vitamin B12 so that we can get it from their muscles. So when you're eating a plant exclusive diet, B12 will be much harder to come by unless you're taking a supplement or as Marilyn has suggested, having a food that's fortified, such as a fortified plant milk, things like nutritional yeast, mar might um, and uh, Marilyn's mentioned fortified cereals, certain margarines as well. Um, so there's a the number of ways that you can fortify, but you don't need very much, just a small amount really every day, but you do need it. So interestingly, it's not just people on an exclusively plant-based diet that may struggle to get it. Many of us over the age of 50 will also struggle to get vitamin B12. Many of us on antacid medications will struggle to get B12. Many of us on anti-diabetes medications as well. And many of us with absorption issues, celiac disease, um, autoimmune conditions. So actually B12 is one that is probably useful for everybody to know a little bit more about. And as Marilyn has said, vitamin D is absolutely crucial. The Scientific Advisory Committee for Nutrition suggests that we should all be supplementing in the winter months, as Marilyn has pointed out. But actually, I would say if we have a darker skin, it's worth supplementing all year round. And 
it's it's probably worth getting a blood test with your GP um, for some routine checks to see what is your vitamin D level, what is your B12 level if you're a plant-exclusive diet. Make sure that you're getting everything that you need. And my particular favorite food for omegas is flax seeds. I adore flax seeds. You can have those crushed up in a powder um, and you can mix them into your porridge. You can mix them into soups. You can mix them into stews and you've got fantastic fiber, protein, amino, other amino acids. And of course, you've got those all important omega threes. So that's another uh, lovely top tip for our listeners there. Have you got anything else that you would like to add, ladies? Anything else that you'd like to let our listeners know about to help them enjoy the journey and the joy of cooking? Marilyn? I would say uh, go for your favorites and enjoy making them. Like um, Anna mentioned, like it's, uh, food is best enjoys with like family and friends. So maybe you can make them together through Zoom or something, you know, do things together, enjoy it whilst we are away from each other we are so close you know during the internet connection so we can people i would say cook together enjoy eating together even you're away from each other and uh yeah that's what i would say wow beautiful and anna anything from you yeah i think just to reiterate that message as well i think food is some is so important right now well well you know the situation in the wider world is a bit challenging and I think it's a brilliant way of bringing sort of um, joy and excitement into our lives three times a day. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of, you know, search out new recipes, um, you know, try different things. And I think I've, I've been doing some cook-alongs on my Instagram, actually, um, where people have been kind of joining in and cooking along with me, which has been really, really lovely and has, you know, like Marilyn said, sort of forged that connection. Um, so, yeah, that that... But that's been a lovely thing. And I think cooking with family, cooking with friends. Um, I've got loads and loads of recipes on my website, which is annajones.co.uk if anyone's interested or, you know, wants to know a bit more about some of the, the tips and recipes I've talked about. Oh, that's really great. So everybody can go and check out Anna Jones's website and maybe join in one of her cook-alongs if you fancy learning a little bit more and making some new friends as well along the way. Oh, so ladies, that's been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you both joining me today. Thank you both so very much. Uh, it's been really wonderful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. For more health and wellness advice, visit the Health Hub at hollandandbarrett.com. All views are those of our guests and not Holland and Barrett unless explicitly stated otherwise. Any reference to brands and or products should not be considered as an endorsement.